Go ahead and be opening up your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be in a, a, a couple of different, well, three different uh, scripture passages. We're going to start off, start off in Luke and go to John and come back to Luke and then go back to John. Uh, and, and, and looking at this this morning in our series on the, the hungry soul. And, uh, and as we've been looking at the hungry soul the last couple of weeks, and, and uh, this week included, we've been looking at the table, the table uh, that he prepares for us when we're in the wilderness, the table that he prepares for us uh, when we're in the presence of our enemies. And I want us to look at this table specifically and what Jesus designed, whether it's in the presence of our enemies or in the wilderness or wherever we are, this table of intimacy, this table of fellowship that the Lord is calling us to in the way, what he's designed it for. He's designed it for a time with him, for a, 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 uh, an, a meeting with him and getting to see and experience his heart for us. His heart for us. That's the Savior's table. Now, as we look at this, in Luke chapter 22, and the passages we're going to be looking at in John in just a moment, all center around that last night before Jesus died on the cross. That time that he had with his disciples. So in Luke chapter 22 here, uh, I want us to begin reading in, in verse 7 because uh, this is that, 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 uh, that Thursday before he would go to the cross, he'd be arrested uh, this very night. And by Friday, he would be on the cross by the, uh, the end of the day, before the end of the day on Friday, uh, he would have died for our sins. And so in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 7, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed, and he, Jesus, sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you've entered into the city, a man will meet you, carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there, make ready. So they went, and then notice this, and found it just as he had said to them. Look at me. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Jesus and his word is totally reliable. He speaks truth. And there, not only is it just like he said, but there was a reason he was bringing them together in this manner for this night. And they prepared the Passover. Then notice in verse 15, it says, When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, with him. Now let me just stop right there and just say, 
When it says that he sat down, understand what it is saying here. When he sat down, now we talked about in the Old Testament how the, the table was more likely in, in, in those instances. Maybe it was different for David once he got into the palace. But for a lot of them, especially those uh, when they were traveling through the wilderness stuff, the table was an animal skin that would just be thrown on the ground that they, they would eat off of. Now, as we're in Jesus' day, they're not living in tents. They're living in houses. They're living in... And so they have a, a, a more genuine table here. And so when it, actually, when it says that he sat down, the word actually says there what the word means is that he leaned against is what the word literally means against what he leaned against a table a matter of fact some translations have that he reclined at a table so when it says that he sat down what he's doing he's bringing all these disciples together around his table his table this is the savior's table Verse 15, it says, Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I've desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And we'll get more into this in just a moment. But here, they, they've gathered together at the, the Savior's table. You see, as we've been talking about this, this hungry soul, understand that it is God that, that made us uh, to have this hunger that we have for him. He's the one that, that gives the lost man hunger. He's the one, the lost man, that, that tries to experience the things of this world that won't satisfy because he's made all of us for a relationship with him. And then once we give our lives to him, he's the one that keeps us hungry for him. He's the one that puts his hunger within us because he is the one that wants to fill us. And we've, we've looked at that over the last few weeks about how he said, open your mouth wide. He gave us that promise. If we will open our mouths wide, then he will fill us. And, and here, he's the one that invites us to the table, the table in the wilderness, the table with the enemies. Here, he's the one that called the disciples together. He's the one that already had everything planned out and prepared. He's the one that put everything in place that they would meet with him and gather around this table, understanding that this is the, the last time he's gonna have this in-depth conversation in this in-depth time with his disciples. So he gathers these disciples around the table. He's fixing to share with them the things that are most important for him and most important for them to, to understand. These are very important things that, that he wants them to, to remember. He wants them to remember these things moving forward. These are the things that are going to carry them. These are the things that they need to continue in. They've seen a lot of things take place, but at this night He's going to share with them the things that they most important things that they must remember. And everything was put together exactly the way he wanted it. And everything this morning is the way he wants it. You're here. Not by accident, but at his invitation. He's inviting us to gather around his table this morning. So what, what took place on this night? What was so important that he had to share? Well, there was something that he wanted to do that was important. And then there was something he wanted to reveal that was important. And then there was something that he wanted to say that was very important. First of all, let's look at what he wanted to do that was so important. 
And as we see this, we see the table unfolding. We see, first of all, that it's a table of service. Over in the Gospel of John, John chapter 13. And let me just read this to you, that this familiar encounter that Jesus had when he first brings the disciples there. Luke doesn't talk about it. John talks about it in detail about how when he first brought them to the table, there was something that Jesus did for them. In John chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, we see the table, first of all, is a table of service. It's a table of service. Now in verse 1, it says now, uh, of John chapter 13, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus knows what's going to happen this night. It says, And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him rather quickly, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you were clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. See, when Jesus brought them to the table, he first wanted to do something very important. And as we look at this passage, we, we go to the part where, where he goes, and, and I didn't even get into the part where after this he teaches, he tells them, he says, you know, what have I done for you? And, and what I've done for you, go and do others. Because oftentimes we put our focus upon that and we lose sight of what's really happening here. Jesus was doing more than just setting an example for them. Jesus was serving them. See, all too often we run to, and, and it's, it's an important part of our walk with Christ, but we want to run to serving God, serving God, serving God, doing things for God. And sometimes we lose sight of the truth that He serves us. See, the Lord's table is not about what you can do for Him. Jesus calls us to His table. Jesus calls us to this relationship. Jesus calls us to this fellowship because He wants to serve you.
What a Savior. What a Savior. See, if you're like me for, for most of my life, and I still struggle with it even, even today, but there's a time when God really did a breaking in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm like Peter. No, 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 Jesus. You, you don't need to wash my feet. I need to wash your feet. You don't need to wash, not, not my, no, you're not going to do that to me. And oftentimes when we're doing that and we have that type of attitude, what it is is it's a twisted way to act out in pride. When we come to the Lord, he does what he wants to do. And his table is not for those who think they can earn the service of Jesus or the blessing of Jesus. And his table is not for those who are focused on what they can do for him. His table is for what he can do for us. Will you receive him washing your feet? Notice what he's saying here in this passage. First of all, we see his heart at his table. And let me just move kind of quickly through his heart. First of all, and when we see his heart, we see that his love is to the end. Did you catch that in verse one? It says, now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And not just them, us as well. His love is to the end. Everything he does is motivated by his love for us. The cross was to the end. It takes care of everything in our life. He, he's, the cross was, is coming even as he's doing this. He knows what is coming and he takes the time to serve them, to wash their feet. The, everything that he does, everything that he does is motivated by love. He does it to the end. In spite of the sacrifice and pain that he went through that we caused in his life, he still loves us to the very end. In spite of our failures and our weaknesses and all the times that we have messed up in our life, he never stops loving us. His love is to the end. He wants us to come to his table so we can receive the love that he has for us that is to the very end. Even after, now these guys, he's washing the feet. That very night, before that night is over with, they're gonna deny, they're gonna run, they're gonna all go away in, in, in fear. And even after the resurrection, when he's told them that time and time again, that he's sending them out, he's sending them out, he has to go looking for them and he finds them back fishing. And he, he tells them, he says, try this side of the boat and, and just like he had done before and they catch all this fish and they realize it's him and then they come and you know what he's got? He's got a table prepared for them. He says, I'm calling you back to my table. His love is to the end. Listen, this morning I was in our engaged Bible reading, I was reading in the Song of Solomon there and Song of Solomon tells about the love between the king and his bride. But it also in some beautiful ways pictures the love that our king has for his bride, us, the church. And one of the things it says about the king's love for his bride 
is that even torrential rains and rising floods cannot quench his love. You see, we can quench the work of the Spirit through us, but there is nothing we can do to quench his love. His love is to the end. Not only that, but we see his heart here in, in verse 3 where we see his love is filled with true humility. Now, it's kind of hard that we talk about how we need humility. Does God show humility? He does here. Notice in verse 3 where it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, what did he do? He picked up a towel and a basin, got up and started washing nasty, dirty feet. He took up a basin and towel. He knew who he was. He was the king. He knew that one day every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord. Yet he took up a towel and basin and washed their feet. He knew all he had. He had been given everything. And of everything that he had, he didn't take up his wisdom. He didn't take up his, his omnipotence. He didn't take up his, his holiness, his glory at that moment and just reveal to them how great a God he was. No, he took up a basin and a towel. You know why? He loved them to the end and their feet needed washing. You see, we understand this, and I'm going to say it in a lot of different ways this morning, but understand this. We talk about the glory of God, and sometimes I've even heard people say that God didn't do all this for us. Jesus did it for the glory of God. He didn't do it for us. That's wrong. The glory of Jesus is that as glorious and as amazing as he is, he loves us. And that's why you need to come to the table so you can receive this type of love. Thirdly, as we see his heart and this truth, his love is practical and active. Verse 4 says, He rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. See, we have a Jesus who meets our needs, whatever they are. We need cleansing. You've got a Jesus that can cleanse you no matter how dirty it is. We need forgiveness. We have a, a, a Jesus. We have a Savior who can forgive us. We have practical needs. Do you understand the practical needs that Jesus meets in every one of our lives every day, it is Jesus washing your feet. We don't deserve it. In true humility, he washes our feet. Every day when you get up and you see the sun coming up, that's Jesus washing your feet. Every breath that you take throughout the day, that's Jesus washing your feet. Young couples, 
the babies that you've been having over the last few years, that's Jesus washing your feet. To come and to, to serve, to come to a church that has a, a youth ministry like we have and a college ministry like we have and a worship ministry like we have and a senior adult ministry like we have. To have these guys that are called of God to come and to, to, to give themselves to this church. That's Jesus washing your feet. Everything we have in this life, we do not deserve and Jesus every day washes your feet. Come to his table. Come to his table and receive his love. That's the table of service. We also have a table of sacrifice. We just read about it back in Luke chapter 22. If you want to turn back there, I started reading in verse 15. Let me just read in, in, well, back in verse 14 uh, there where it says, when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Uh, then he said to them, with fervent desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then notice, it says he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table, and truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Not only is this table a table of surface, a service, but his table is also a table of sacrifice. You see, he not only wanted to do something very important for them, but he wanted to re reveal something very important to them. And that was that he was sacrificing everything for them and our Savior sacrifices for us. For us. His sacrifice, as I mentioned earlier, Jesus' sacrifice, yes, it was for the Father. It was in complete obedience to the Father. And yes, it was to fulfill the mission to do what he had been called to do and yes, it was to save the world, but understand this, his sacrifice was for you, for you. And he's inviting you to the table to experience, to understand, to receive his sacrifice in a fresh and new way. This table reveals his heart reveals his heart and his desire to be with us. Remember back in verse 14, he brought them uh, together with him. And notice what he says in verse 15. He says, with fervent desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I, I suffer. He wasn't saying, hey, I just, I wanted to share a, a nice meal with you. I, I wanted to have something good to eat or just enjoy the fellow. No, he said, with fervent desire, I wanted to be with you on this night. I'm fixing to suffer. I'm fixing to die. But I don't want to be anywhere else other than with you. He, he 
desires to be with us. He desired to be with his disciples. And by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're one of his disciples too. And he doesn't love Peter and John any more than he loves you. And he doesn't want to be with Peter and John any more than he wants to be with you. His desire is to be with us. And as they observed that Passover meal, he was, he was showing them that this is what he was doing for them so that they could be with him forever. They could have this, this time now and forever because he is the Passover lamb. He is the one that covers sin. He is the one that removes sin. He is the one that grants access to God. We are his desire and his going to the cross and dying for us. It opened up the way that he can fulfill his desire and be with us. See, that's why I desire to be with him is because he first desired to be with me. He desires to be with us. And then notice this. This is how strong that his heart is. This is how strong his desire. This is what he wants, why he wants us to come to the table and see this. He is thankful to die for us. Three times in this passage, he gives thanks. He does it there in, in, in verse uh, 17. It says, he took the cup and gave thanks and, and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. But then later on, he takes the bread up. In verse 19, he took the bread and gave thanks. And then again in verse 20, it says, likewise, he took the cup. In other words, in the same way, he gave thanks. Three times he gave thanks, knowing that he, it was his blood that was going to be shed. It was his body that was being broken. And he's telling them this, and he's saying before he, even as he explains this to him, I'm thankful to do this for you. He was thankful that his body could be broken for us. He was thankful that his blood could be shed for us. We are his treasure for the, the pleasure, for the, the treasure that was set before him. He endured the cross. We are that treasure. And then we see his heart in this statement over and over again where he gave himself for us. He says it in verse 19 when he took the bread. He says, this is my body which is given what? For you. And then he says again in verse 20, he says, this is the cup, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed, what? For you, for you. For God, yes. For himself and his glory, yes. But for us, yes. He did it for us. Right now, just look, look around at the people that are sitting next to you. Just, just go ahead. I give you permission to stare, all right? Look around. Make eye contact with the folks. Around. Do you realize the folks that you are looking at are the people who Christ died for? He shed his blood for them. He, he, shed his, he brought, allowed his body to be broken for, for us. Not only them, but you too. What a Savior. And as he provides us to this, this table, he, he, he only has one command. Here's my body, here's my blood. Take it, take it. Next Sunday, we're gonna be observing the Lord's Supper in here. We're gonna gather around the Lord's table and I pray that 
these thoughts and will be ministering to you and you'll be meditating upon this week that you'll take time before we gather around this table on Sunday every morning you'll take time to gather at this table in your private time the table of sacrifice and then finally back in the gospel of John John chapter 15 we see the table of surrender Now you go, okay, here we go. Here comes the invitation time. Here comes our part. We need to surrender, right? Well, he wanted to show them something important. He wanted to reveal something important. Now he wants to teach something important. You see, when we talked about service, it wasn't our service. It's his service. He serves us. We talked about sacrifice. We're not weren't talking about our sacrifice for him, although he deserves that. We're talking about his sacrifice for us. The table is about his sacrifice for us. And by the way, the surrender at his table is not about our surrender to him. It's about his surrender to us. Do you realize Jesus is surrendered to you? He has surrendered his life for us. John 15, verse 1. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them in the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done to you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you that your joy may be full. You see, we're the branch, true. And the only way we can survive is by abiding in him. But we could never abide in him if the vine didn't open itself up and say, abide in me. He first surrendered himself to us. That's his heart at his table. This is still that same night. This is the thing that he's teaching them. He's teaching them to abide himself. He's showing them his heart. And he's showing them that he gives himself to us. Verse 4, he not only says, abide in me, but he says, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We have this command to abide. He's the one that issued the command. He's the one that has made himself available to us. He's the one that has given himself to us. And he says, abide in me. It is his command for us to abide in him. It is his command. And that's what he wants us to do. Make 
make your home with me. Make your home around my table. Come to me. Meet with me. Depend upon me. I'll provide for you. I'll take care of you. I'll empower you. I'll fill you with joy. I'll fill you with my love. Abide in me. He gives himself self to us. He will make his home with us. Do you understand what we have here? We have a God that, that desires to be with us. We have a Savior who has given himself to us. We talk about man's best friend. We talk about man's best friend. Most time we think about a dog. Let me tell you, man's best friend is not a dog. It is a, this Savior. He is the one He's the one that even his disciples, when he called the disciples back in, in, uh, in Mark chapter 3, he called them to be with him. He wanted them to be with him. And then even in John chapter 14 when he said, I go to prepare a place for, uh, for you, he said, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you can be also. That's his desire. That's what he wants. He gives himself to us. And he's the one that produces fruit through us. Verse five says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He wants to use us. He wants us. There is no other plan B. We're not just that, that, that he has some other church in this community that he's, he wants to use Underwood. He wants to use us. And he makes it work by Filling us. Not only can I do nothing, but here we have Jesus saying, let me do it. Let me do it. And then finally, he fills us with his love. His love. Verse nine, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. That's where his love becomes my home. And my heart becomes the home for his love and his presence. He fills me with his love. I open my mouth wide and he himself fills it. He fills us. May the Lord make our hearts desire him like he desires us. Will you open your heart to him this morning? Will you receive his washing of your feet this morning? Will you take his sacrifice this morning? This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that he will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.